welcome to the Sports Desk on your Friday morning back again. Woo! Great to be back in the studio, Sam. Sam and Michael, uh, this must be our fourth show now. I think so, consecutively as well. Oh, impressive. 17th of June, Friday, cold out there, uh, and things are heating up in the, in the sporting world. Ooh, We're going to just dive are. right into it, but I thought we'll have to get a photo of this on Instagram. Uh, and I realised we didn't even mention this on air last week, so... Uh, yeah, it, was <laughs> a, it, was a, it was an off-air bet, wasn't it, Sam? Yeah, well, I, th- I think caught in the hype of uh, last week's um, rivalry game between us... Um, Things got a bit heated and some words were said. So, uh, Michael is currently wearing my Carlton 2022 member scarf. Says, up the baggers. Up the the baggers! (laughs) Let's go, Blues! Let's beat the Tigers. Oh, wait. Uh, that's oh, all right. Okay. No, sorry. <laughs> I, I couldn't help myself, Sam. Uh, yeah, this this feels just so wrong in so is many ways. skin peeling off? Yeah, it sort of is. I'm chafing real bad up around the neck. Uh, yes. Wow. So Don't we'll, want this to happen again. We'll, <laughs> we'll have to get a photo of that uh, and put that up during the show. Um, but yeah, it's been big. Been a big week in uh, sport. Been. Many things have happened. Um, has your sporting week been? Before we just dab into the news. Well, it was it was an early early morning, wasn't it, on Tuesday, for mm-hmm. a momentous occasion for the Socceroos and for all those people out there listening. Sam is wearing the green and gold colours with the football in the middle of the. Of course, famous Australian crest, and yes, he's still recovering um, sleep-wise from that. But hey, <laughs> you don't want to miss those too too often. I think Tony Armstrong's nah. still recovering as well, oh, <laughs> being well, at Fed Square. Oh, that was a great moment! Uh, wow. Part of me wishes I, I was at Fed Square. Me too. Uh, even though it was a very, very cold morning, but now, Average. now that we're in the World Cup, oh, let's um, talk about it. Uh, there'll yeah. be many mornings where we'll be out at Fed Square or. <laughs> You know, jammed inside the Imperial. Um, <laughs> uh, I just look forward to it. I just, I was just thinking before the game uh, on Tuesday, God, oh no, it's so much fun. I've got to be a part of it. It's been so long since the last encounter. And, uh, wow. Um, but we'll, we'll talk about that a bit we more will. later, and we're going to get straight into the sports news. So what's straight off off the press, Michael? Well, while we're talking about Australia, uh, they went down in the second ODI recently to Sri Lanka overnight. Uh, there was a another Australian batting collapse, drop catches, leaking runs, misfields. And if you didn't think that was enough, Sam, they also, Steve Smith is under an injury cloud with a concern over a leg muscle tweak as well. So just went from bad to worse for the Aussies. However, a bit of good news out of that game, debutant left-arm spinner Matthew Kuhneman uh, struck in his third over. Uh, he looks pretty impressive at the at the highest level with figures two for 48 uh, and taking two catches as well on a night where Australia were dropping a lot of them. So uh, lifted the standard pretty high, did the debutant. Uh, Karuna Ratna did all the damage for Sri Lanka with three for 47. Uh, Sri Lanka ended up winning that game by 26 runs. Uh, Rain uh, affected game. Uh, so the third ODI is on Sunday, uh, 7 pm Australian Eastern Standard Time for us. So, uh, currently trailing in that series after winning the 2020 series. So that is Australian cricket at the moment, Sam. Uh, right, it is. Uh, next to, oh, yes, Australian super horse, Nature Strip, uh, has pulverised a world class field, uh, Royal Ascot, a couple of days ago, uh, proving himself against the, uh, as the king of sprinters. Yes. Uh, trainer Chris Waller, it means a lot. We don't get a chance to come up uh, and race against English, Irish, 
and French and American horses are too often, so uh, to be able to bring a horse all this way and win the way he did was pretty special. Uh, Waller, who also uh, has Nature Strip stable mate Home Affairs, entered for Saturday's Platinum Jubilee Stakes. Uh, now is the decision whether to also let Nature Strip go the double in that race, which would emulate the achievement of the Australian's first Royal Ascot winner. Uh, I think it's Choyosa, 2003, I think. Uh, so pretty impressive. Uh, it's always funny watching the the UK racing with the the, the top hats. Oh, like, yeah, you feel the like monocles, the, the top hats. <laughs> Do they throw any cigars in there as well, Sam? Uh, it's funny. A couple it, of walking it, sticks. It's a, a time machine walking. No, uh, it's uh, amazing, that. isn't so it? It's funny seeing that. A lot of prestige. Uh, also, the AFL Hall of Fame this yes. week. Massive, wasn't it? Talk us through. Did you see much of that? I saw a little bit of it. Oh, growing up, absolutely loved Matthew Pavlidge. He, he didn't get the recognition he, he probably deserved uh, in Melbourne, at least, because, yeah. you know, obviously playing for Fremantle his whole life. I'm sure he would have got so many offers from mm. Victorian-based clubs and just knocked them all back and became a Fremantle legend, um, just prolific goal kicker, always used to uh, have a field day out against my club, the Bombers. So uh, well done to him being inducted into the Hall of Fame. Boomer Harvey as well. He's yes. another great name. He still looks like he could play, to be perfectly honest, and <laughs> I think North need him right now. But uh, he's doing all the running there, so he's still he, his leadership is still folded up. Garden Street, and uh, what about Nicky Winmar? Oh, such a great story. He spoke so proudly of his journey. Yeah. Of course, been through a lot, but wow, what a, what a Saints legend! And a great article in the Herald Sun the day after with his uh, St Kilda wings. It's just, it's a, it's a wonderful story. And then um, the Ebert, the great, the great Ebert, Russell yes, Russell Ebert, uh, legend, legendary status. So um, yeah, that was a great night. Uh, did you watch much of it, Sam? Uh, I saw bits and pieces. Uh, a few others we didn't mention. Terry Cashin, uh, Bill Dempsey, Mike Fitzpatrick. Yes. Um, Michael Taylor, Ted Tyson as well. Uh, but just on, you, you said uh, Matthew Pavlish. Is, is he, not only would he have a Hall of Fame record, has he got like a world record for the tallest human? No. You, you can forget how huge that guy was. Yeah, well, I suppose playing in a team most of his career with Aaron Sanderlands, he probably gets slightly oh, overshadowed, <laughs> doesn't he? Almost forgot about and him as well. I, I'll wow. tell you something funny so in western australia i don't know if you've been here and listeners listening don't know if you've been to the margaret river region in western australia but they've got a, a massive uh wooded forest and they've got a treetop walk and they've got all these comparisons of these really tall trees and then Next to all these trees, they've got Aaron Sanderlands. <laughs> picture of Aaron Sanderlands. And he's taller than most trees around the world. So that goes to speak to the height of him. But if it wasn't for him, no, Matty Pavlidge, by a mile, he'd be he'd be recognised for his height and he'd be winning Guinness Book of World Records. But Aaron Sanderlands had to ruin the party, didn't he? <laughs> Come on. Any other news for you this morning? Any other news? Well, um, let's look to the tennis world for a moment because, of course, all the lead-up grass court games before... We were talking prestigious before, top hats, monocles, Wimbledon's coming up, Sam, and uh, we know what that means to so many players. Serena Williams, uh, the GOAT, or I looked into the female name for GOAT, Nanny, returns to Wimbledon this year. She put out an Instagram post recently, so Serena, the Nanny Williams, she will return to Wimbledon this year. That is huge. Going for number 24. Can you believe that? Wow, that would be huge. Wow, crazy, crazy. And uh, in other tennis news, gonna, Alex Dimina yep, defeats eighth seed Riley Opelka. You're talking about height. 
211 centimetres, Riley Opelka from America. He is seriously tall. I think, I remember Milos Raonic as well, a pretty tall guy. So there's, there's a few tall tennis players, but most of them can be, you know, under six foot and mm. still be pretty competitive. Uh, Queen's Championship Club, that was uh, where he had success in the past and, of course, uh, goes in to that tournament with a lot of confidence. Uh, Great Britain's uh, Dan Evans, uh, who I liken to Calvin Harris for all those uh, DJ fans out there, edged out Australian (laughs) battler Jordan Thompson in the Nottingham singles final where uh, Thompson has had some success in the past. And obviously the biggest headline is Nick Kyrgios, of course. The... On-court antics just continue, don't they, Sam? You, there's a headline, I swear, every game he plays. He bet world number six, Stefanos Tsitsipas, at Haley Grass Court. So he reaches his second consecutive quarterfinal. So he's playing good tennis, but he had a spat with the chair umpire because apparently he was uh, playing too slow. So a couple of broken rackets out of that disagreement. So wow. <laughs> there you go. And, and he said after the game, uh, he said a lot after the game, obviously, Nick Kyrgios, but one of the things he said is... If we had six grass court tournaments in Australia, he'd never leave the country. So there you go. Clearly loves to travel. <laughs> yep. Um, and back on the Socceroos, like, uh, I don't want to leave it till later. I, th- I think we No, we've got to talk about it. Uh, and it's been just the... Ever since the game, it's been everywhere. Hasn't it? Like, it's... it's. Uh, I find it ironic that it's a bit shame for, you know, our local competition. It doesn't get as much reach. But uh, I think it's really good for the game when it's Socceroos amazing. do well. Uh, and so just the momentum and the meme memes and, <laughs> oh, it's just been incredible. Uh, so I will play the audio from the thing, but just going through, um, it was two games we had to qualify, uh, two knockout games, was nervous, uh, even with UAE early on, mm. and we only just got by that uh, 2-1, um, and then I thought this Peru game is going to be very hard, well, number 26, um, and then we just came out. We just came out, uh, and of course, of course, it had to go to penalties. Uh, I mean, <laughs> of course, people had been up <laughs> since three thirty in the morning, uh, and then, oh, poor, poor my, my friend, we were watching the game with. He had to leave. He had to start his shift early, so he had to oh, go no. to work oh, and watch no. the penalties via his phone. Oh no! Um, so yeah, we won five four on penalties, and then the decision, um, which I thought at the time was insane, um, to sub. A goalkeeper oh. off. Now, meanwhile, I thought Aaron Moy probably would have been taken off the field, um, looking a bit slow out there. And then we had uh, Jackson Irvine, who was limping around. And I thought, there must be a reason why they are not subbing, you know, saving the subs. <laughs> and then, of course, uh, and then, of course... Um, the goalkeeper, Matt Andrew Ryan, gets Redmay. And Andrew Redmay. Redmay. The, the number come up, and I thought, no. <laughs> what, is, what is going on here? Are we about to throw this away? But... Ah, look, all, one save was all we needed from the uh, the grey wiggle. <laughs> it was and just incredible, the dancing. and, and, and The people, dancing! Wasn't it amazing? He oh. did that a couple of years ago against Perth Glory in a grand final uh, and worked out for Sydney FC. Uh, but to people around the world, you should have seen the reactions. I've never seen anything like it before. Uh, but here's oh. the moment. Hear it again. Oh, yes. We've heard it all week. Here we go. Uh, leave it over to Simon Hill. It's all on this for Peru.
Wow. Still gives me a bit of goosebumps oh, now. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm still, I'm still shivering after that. That's incredible. Um, are you, are you playing Land Down Under, underneath that, or, yes. or, or was that a part of the broadcast? <laughs> no, I'm trying no, to work I'm, it out. I'm I was, was going to say that's a bold move by the broadcasters <laughs> to do that. <laughs> Uh, so, oh, we're fitting. in Group D in the World Cup in November. It's a shame we have to wait that long. I know. Um, Keep the momentum going. But some of the players look pretty dusty after the celebrations. So probably a good thing. to Qatar? Because I've never oh. been to a World Cup uh, and it'd be incredible. So, Group D, just quickly, we're in France, Australia, Denmark and Tunisia. So, not too far different from the group we were in uh, just a couple of years ago. Mm. Uh, and then a special shout-out, unfortunately, to the under-23, the Oli Roos. Yeah. Uh, knocked out of the Asian Cup by Saudi Arabia 2-0. Controversially, might I say. Mm. Um, so, disappointed for that. But they've got a chance uh, for third place uh, this Saturday at 11pm. All right, well, we better get to our first song and then we're going to come back to the NBA Finals. Could be all wrapping up this morning. Game 6 today. Could be all wrapped up uh, for the Golden State Warriors. Uh, it's home game for the Boston Celtics. Uh, pretty outplayed. Um, they lead 3-2, to two, the Golden State Warriors. Uh, of course, uh, knocking um, the Celtics off 104-94 in the uh, Game 5 series. Woo, it's really, really starting to heat up. H- have you seen it so far, and particularly maybe the last game? Oh, Sam, after Game 3, I thought the Celtics were just going to run away with it. They were too strong in that game. They were leading the series 2-1. They won that game by 16 points, looked in control of it for literally the whole game. And then Game 4, um, Steph Curry, he's he's got a he's got an injury cloud. Um, people are saying his foot won't get through the game. And, you know, misses a couple of threes early. Um, and then all of a sudden, he just finds this incredible amount of belief and, you know, ends up finishing that game with 41 points and just (laughs) gets the crowd going because that game was away from home. That was, that was at Boston and just every time he hits a big three, he just turns around to the crowd, nods his head, gets him engaged, of course does his, you know, typical um, chest pump and it was just magnificent to watch. He had a much quieter game in game four but it did not matter because the Celtics turnover game was was horrendous and uh, when they do turn over the ball like what they did um, with over 16 turnovers in a game, often they are one and seven in the postseason. So when they do that, uh, it really does cost them and they can't seem to turn it around. So Curry wasn't as influential in that second game, but it, it mattered none because uh, Celtics did not play their best game. And as a result, you know, we've got this scoreline where if the Golden State go to Boston and take it, uh, that's that's all she wrote. That's all she wrote. Well, uh, it's interesting. And uh, shout out to Golden State. Uh uh, Wiggins, I think his name Wiggins, is. Chief Wiggins. Uh, turned it on. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be surprised if that's not his nickname. No, surely. <laughs> surely, surely. Uh, he should get some blue hair. Tearing up the court uh, for the Warriors. And just uh, just an average... Uh, look, at the, there's a team comparison here I thought was interesting. These are uh, some of the average stats for uh, the last couple of games. So, of course, uh, Celtics, 43-41 to 41 on rebounds. Um... Uh, Warriors the way, uh, 105 to 103 in total points, uh, 25 assists, um, and, uh, three pointers, 41 to 35. So, there's a, ironically a few things more, uh, scoring wise for Celtics, uh, up their way, mm. um, but it's just been, just been thrown down. And then, uh, a couple of the stats from the last game, yeah, what, 
1.2, I think it's blocks, average blocks for Wiggins. Uh, 30 points for Steph Curry in the last game. And uh, whoa, how do you how do you see it from here? It's 11 a.m. Uh, today, game six. Celtics have got one. Ch- I think the one positive though, it's a home game for them to really get their mm. crowd force force a seventh game, mm. uh, and they might be able to to because they started off so well. So I think for them would be very disappointing. Well, they stole that first game, didn't they? And everyone was thinking, wow, you know. Golden State really need to respond quickly. Uh, it's almost like losing your first service game of a, of a tennis match. Like you need to sort of hold yourself, or at least get back and then try and level it. And, and that's exactly what uh, Golden State Warriors have done. And it's it's hard to believe after 133 playoff games, um, you know, the greatest shooter in NBA history, Steph Curry, in the last game um, went the entire night without scoring a three-pointer, which is just so rare. So I don't think that will happen again. <laughs> I don't know if Lightning can strike twice to one of the best three-point shooters in the game. Um, you know, coming off 43 points in that previous game, he... You know he'll be he'll be out to uh, to prove something, particularly on the floor of of Boston, where he dominated in that game. So, uh, look, I think yeah, I think the Warriors can do it here, but it's not going to be an easy win because Celtics will be very hungry. Um, but if if uh, Golden State Warriors win four titles in eight years, it's pretty impressive. Very good, uh, kind of like the Richmond of the. Uh yeah. Starting to, uh, I, I think the Celtics might force uh, a final game, and so if that game will be, if there is a game seven Monday morning, ten a.m. Otherwise, it all finishes up today, eleven uh, a.m. Uh, wow. When we come back, uh, talk about some footy rounds. Round, oh round fourteen. Can round you believe 14. that? Still a buy round, Sam. It's a round fourteen of the AFL. Blow the siren. <laughs> I was a bit late on that one. <laughs> uh, oh, oh, I, I like that. Well, well, that's a bit of a was there peak. a bit of up there, Kazali? Was there? <laughs> no, no, it's too no. early for that. It's not September no, yet. No, Come on. No. Uh, I did have a show. I think last time we had a grand final show, it was all themed with footy songs. Oh, that's so brilliant. Look forward to doing that. Classic. Um, no, that's for later. But that's for later. Last night, a cold, wintry night. Uh, wet night at the MCG. I was there last night. You're a brave man, Sam. Uh, it was the Tigers, 11-15-81 over the Blues, 9-12-66 uh, for Richmond by 15 points in the end. Uh, and look, wet games can be very, very frustrating. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, look, very disappointed for the Blues. Um, just didn't adjust to the weather. Tried to play our quick handball game style yeah. in a wet game and we... Adjusted too late, um, and I think out of a few teams, I think uh, over the past couple of years, Richmond have been one of the teams that always seem to do pretty well in the wet. So they do. I think we didn't account for that, and uh, the game just spilled away too late. And uh, look, it got close, close in the end, mm. uh, but I just, just yeah, you, you don't want to start. I think it was five or six goals down in the wet. Yeah, it's 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 more than you know. They say like uh, with breeze sometimes you know two goal breeze, but I think when the when that's raining, it's a bit you feel like you're a bit three or four more goals behind. Uh, so Richmond, fair play to them, uh, and a couple of few fiery moments yeah, from the were, game, weren't there? They As were. shy Bolton, everyone seems to be talking about this. He, morning. He's not a shy man, is he? No. <laughs> uh, and what did you think about that that kind of thing? Personally, I don't want to see it, no. and I think uh, it means. To me, when I read that that kind of play, uh, it says, "This is all about me and not the team." Yep. Uh, and you, 
kind of getting that sort of segregation, uh, seg- starting to say the Dimmers already come out and said it's not, not them. Um, and you can oftentimes screw it up, and yeah. he could have been, could have, you know, gone badly for him, and he could have stuffed it up. So I think uh, pull the reins in a bit, Shea Bolton. Um, nobody likes. I think it, definitely in Australian sports, once you become that kind of showman, like you can, you can show your abilities by the way you play, mm. not 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 by the way you smack talk. I think. Uh, I think people respect you more if you just play the game properly. Um, but what, what are your thoughts? <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm absolutely with you, and I think the problem that this has is it's a bit like the boy who cried wolf. You know, the, these these you know isolated incidences will be viewed quite negatively by the umpires and, and the entire umpiring fraternity. And so, you know, if a player like you know, Shea drops his body and gets a free kick, it'll be very unlikely that that'll get paid consistently. A bit like mm. Cody Waitman, a bit like Jack Ginevan. You know, a lot of these players, look, we love we love when they pull off miraculous goals, and, and, and Shea's a very talented player, so there's no need to do this. And mm. I think even in the Port Adelaide game the week before, he he had an open goal, and he tried to be a smart-ass and dribble it through from maybe 10 metres out, yes. and, he, and he missed it. So it, it, it's... In these crucial stages, if you if you are a smart ma- smart ass, quite often, Sam, these moments are uh, football karma, absolutely. Mm. And I just look at Luke Parker in that moment where he taunted uh, Dylan Schill and um, you know the, the Carlton <laughs> faithful were booing him the week after, and he had a he had a shocking game. So mm. it just. You know, very long memories in football, Sam, and, and I know players from Carlton, particularly Sam Doherty, a very highly respected player uh, industry-wide. Um, oh, he'll, he'll get his just desserts eventually. <laughs> um, so, yeah, d- d- interesting game. Like, it, this brings uh, Tigers into the top eight contention now, brings them straight mm. in, um, and uh, interesting run for both teams. I think, I th- I think is that their fourth win in a row, the Tigers? I think it is, and six out of the last seven, so they, they are absolutely flying, and it's a bit of a backlog uh, in the top eight. You've got Collingwood there um, awaiting them off the bye. You've got the Bulldogs. Uh, Gold Coast can still make it, so, wow. you know, yeah, they, they only play one team currently in the top eight. I think it's two now that, that the Tigers are in there, so uh, yeah, there's it's going gonna, it's gonna to become hot towards the end of the season, Sam. As we know, it's usually that seventh and eighth spot. You know, they don't get locked in until the very final round. So it'll be interesting to see what happens. And, and, I, and I think too, like if if Carlton want to be this serious club up in there, like to be fair, they've already impressed me so far this oh, season. They've been amazing. But you've got to be able to play anytime, anywhere, any condition. And, Correct. Uh, I, th- I think hopefully we learn from that mistake and uh, be able to perform. Uh, better. Uh, and if you're just joining us too, uh, oh, my oh, eyes oh, are on the Carlton scarf that's around Michael's uh, neck. Uh, he lost the uh, uh, the uh, show bet last week. <laughs> my 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 first my first week as a as a as an active Carlton member, and and we get a loss, and and it's in the wet weather. So there's clearly Essendon traits <laughs> that I'm that I'm dragging over to your club, Sam. So I apologise for that. A um, couple of injuries actually out of this yeah. game. Noah Bolter hamstring injury, possibly out five or six weeks. He's one of the nicest kicks for goal. He's a he's a whopping kick, and he sort of can play anywhere, can't he? So that's that's a big blow for them. Sam Durden with a knee injury, and Jack Martin with a calf as well have 
emerge from the game. So already your back line is struggling with, um, you know, a couple of obviously Weedering, McGovern, uh, Parks, Caleb Marchbank. So there's, you, you've, you've got a bit of carnage down that way. So, uh, hopefully those players can come back a latter part of the season. But yeah, um, bit of carnage out of that game. Uh, no good. But hey, it's worth mentioning as well, Sam, quite a few goals out of key forwards, which doesn't usually traditionally happen in the wet. So. Well, it did dry out in the second half. So the first, first half was very, very sloppy. Um, but we better move on because the time is ticking. Friday night football tonight, Marble Stadium, St Kilda Essendon, uh, Inns for St Kilda, Jack Billings, Ryan Burns, Hunter Clark, oh, Naziah Wangani, Malera uh, out for St Kilda, Jared Lynette, uh, Daniel McKenzie, Mitch Owens, and Marcus Wing Hager, and Mason Wood in for Essendon, Massimo D. Ambrosio, uh, his debut, Braden Ham, Andrew McGrath, uh, out Tom Cutler, Darcy Parrish, Zach Reed, Alec Waterman. Andrew, Andrew McGrath. Interesting. Interesting pronunciation. McGrath! McGrath pigeon! <laughs> <laughs> hey, Peter Wright p- playing his 100th game. That's, uh, that's also a decent milestone there. Massimo D'Ambrosio, uh, again, pronunciations will get questioned, no doubt, but he is, uh, coming in. He was picked from the Richmond VFL team during the mid-season bye. He had 33 disposals on debut in Essendon's VFL. And clearly, uh, he is a, you know, really, uh, ready-made player. So coming in for his debut game, that's massive. Uh, Darcy Reed, that's a uh, sorry, Darcy Parish, that's a big, um, that's a big out with a with a calf injury, I believe. So uh, that's a massive out. But Sam, before we get into our predictions for this game, uh, this is Spud's game. So yes. time to talk. Uh, the Saints have teamed up with Movember to deliver the second annual Spud's game. It's a momentous match for mental health, and uh, they're on a mission to reduce the risk of suicide in the community and look after our mates. Um, having strong social connections and talking more, these are the big things to help protect all of us against anxiety, depression and even suicide. So Saints legend Nathan Burke and bomber great Tim Watson, who was at the Saints for a while there coaching, uh, will take the honour of addressing the St Kilda and Essendon players in the huddle before the start of the game. This is a great tradition that, of course, was kicked off last year by Gary Lyon, Stuart Lowe and Tony Lockett. And of course, because we're talking about mental health, remember that the uh, mental health lines, Beyond Blue, 13 1800-22-4636, Kids Helpline, 1800-55-1800, and Lifeline, 13-11-14. Uh, these are very important numbers to call, and it's a really important cause, a great match, and a great tradition starting, Sam. Yeah, no, definitely. Uh, I love... We're, we're starting to see a lot of the all these charity games um, throughout the season, and they're really good to get behind. They are. Uh, and also, for you can apparently purchase a virtual footy uh, for yes. our mates uh, to help support the cause as well, uh, which is really interesting. But a big game nonetheless. Um, Essendon want to answer themselves. You want to get your season to some sort of... Put the wheels on some sort of track to go somewhere. <laughs> exactly. It's been a very disappointing season. I'm not going to sugarcoat over that. Uh, St Kilda, I think this is more of a game for them that they need to focus yes. on because, to be perfectly honest with you, um, you know they played really well last week against Brisbane, but they, they had that fade-out in the final quarter with all the injuries that they had and, and the bench was, was definitely struggling with rotations. But they won't be making excuses. Uh, certainly, Brett Radden won't be making any excuses, and St Kilda need a lift. These are the games that they've got to win. Essendon are bottom four. Uh, don't expect too much out of them. So, yeah, St Kilda's got to win here. I, I wonder if these bottom four teams, or sorry, bottom eight teams, more like, uh, will be like a potential dagger in some teams' finals hopes, which mm. w- which will spur up because this, you know, is a, such an intense top eight. Um, 
So, oh, exciting yeah, rounds and <laughs> to come. Oh, a lot of I carnage. I will take the Saints, um, but I think, you know, Essendon might throw up something for this game. I'm going to tip the Dons here. I... I just I don't know I don't know why exactly, but uh, I remember last season this game I think in round four or five actually kick started Essendon's season and it was um, it was a thrashing it was sixty plus points I know St Kilda are a different team this year and they're they're, they're much more improved but. I'm going to tip the Dons here, and uh, there's been a lot of trade whispers about Andy McGrath potentially getting interest from St Kilda, so I think he will be out to prove them wrong, considering he has a podcast with Darcy Parrish, Sam, so he ain't going anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, you know the Essendon fans oh, in the studio. We're passionate, aren't we? Um, Saturday afternoon, 1.45, it's Port Adelaide and the Sydney Swans from Adelaide Oval uh, ins for Port Adelaide. Mitch Georgiatis, Jackson Mead. Bryn uh, Tickel uh, debut. Uh, out Travis Boak uh, protocols uh, for um, COVID. Trent Dumont, Robbie Gray, and Stephen Motlop. Uh, for the Sydney Swans, Harry Cunningham, Lance Franklin. Buddy! Big buddy back Big in. Bud. Joel Armity, Robbie Fox, and Ben Ronke out. This is a hard one to tip. Uh, Sydney would be favourites, no question, but particularly with Lance Buddy Franklin coming back in. But. Port Adelaide, uh, can they make it into the finals, Sam? It's it's looking unlikely for them, but you know, at home, um, this might be a game that they fancy themselves in. Yeah, that, that throws up an interesting one. Port Adelaide are very strange. I think uh, people have forgotten them over the last couple of weeks. Um, it's a good way to describe it. They are strange. <laughs> they are very strange. <laughs> uh, they did look like they were... Pulling together some sort of form a couple rounds ago, and then uh, a couple of mishaps since then. Mm. Uh, so definitely, if they want to be talking about as a series team, um, Sydney is one that they'll need to uh, defeat. But I think the Swans this year have been pretty strong, and uh, I love Brick Franklin. He loves a shooter. I, I don't know That's what it. his record like is down at the Adelaide Oval, but um, mm. well, he's probably got a good record everywhere oh, he's everywhere, played. Gosh. <laughs> maybe maybe Kazali Stadium's the only stadium that he doesn't play too well at because he hasn't played there enough, but yeah, look, I'm tipping the Swans here, Sam. I think I, they'll I win think by quite Swans. a bit. Um, and uh, I tipped them as my premiership fancy at the start of the year, which <laughs> goes a lot goes forward. against a lot of people, but um, I, I like them, and I like them at the G too, so hopefully they win at Adelaide Oval here and Send continue to prove me right. <laughs> well... Swans, okay. Swans for me as well. Next to the West Coast Eagles takes on Geelong. Optus Stadium, 4.35pm. Um, yeah, big game this Big one. game, massive. Uh, we're starting, I know we talk about it every week, but uh, when are West Coast getting snab a win? Oh. Uh, will it be this week? Uh, in for West Coast, Rhett Barzo, debut. Oh, love uh, that name. J- J- Jermaine Jones, Jeremy McGovern back in, Jack Petrocelli, Willie Rioli, Dom Sheed, Ali Yoga. <laughs> Ali Yo. Yo. <laughs> <laughs> big in, so they're just back. Clark. Uh, Greg Clark out, Harry Edwards, Luke Foley, Patrick Nyash, uh, Jack Nelson, Sam Francesco, Seaton, Isaiah Winder, and Alex Witherham. So big sweeping changes for wow. them. Um, oh, very, very interesting. Mm. Uh, Geelong, of course, uh, Jake Collajasny uh, in, Sam Menegola out, Quinton Narkel, uh, Brandon Parfit, and Gary Rowan. Uh, so a couple outs there for Geelong, and uh, so interesting. Mm. So Brandon's not Parfit. 
<laughs> Sorry. That's an awful one. Uh, look, Geelong, away from home, oh, they've, they've got pretty good records all over Australia. They they should be winning this one against the West Coast Eagles, but it just wouldn't surprise me, Sam, with some of those outs, particularly in that forward line, if uh, Geelong lose this one. But oh, I just... It's so hard to say. I think West Coast, uh, yeah, go down by quite a bit in this one, Sam. Yeah, I, I think Geelong. I don't. I, there are going to get a game some point where they where they break through. Um, and I think the constant cycle, like that, that's a big change to the squad. Mm. Uh, I think it's going to be a close one. I mm. reckon. I reckon they'll throw up a close one. Uh, Geelong. Uh, sometimes just seem to have it in one kind of gear, mm. uh, and unless they're really challenged. Um, uh, don't switch things too much up. Um, so, mm. I think Geelong, but uh, will be a pretty interesting one. I hope it is a good game. Saturday night, seven twenty-five PM, Giants Stadium. GWS Giants take on the Western Bulldogs, uh, and it's a big Ooh. modern rivalry. This one, I like this the one. The West of Sydney and the West of Melbourne um, had some fiery preliminary f- <laughs> finals over the last couple of years as well. Um, so it's always a bit of. Uh, Rough toughness in this game. Uh, I don't know where to go with this one. I'm I'm really struggling with this one. Uh, Brandon Pruce, Nick Haynes, uh, Ryan Angwin potentially comes in for his first match. Harry Perryman, Jake Stein, Matt DeBoer, and Zach Sproul are all out for the Giants. And Jamara Hagen, Jamara. Number one draft pick. He comes back in for the Dogs. Jason Johannesson, where has he been? He comes back in. And Josh Shackey, uh, one of the best lockdown defenders during the final series, he also comes back in. Bailey Smith, as we know, out with the suspension. Buku Kamas omitted. Lockie McNeil and Mitch Wallace all out as well. Omitted. Yeah, Sam, tough game to tip. I'm going to go with the Giants here just because they are at home and, and they, they they just smell an upset here, I feel. Yeah, I was just actually trying to remember because the Thursday night games always throw me off. I had to do my tips the day before. Um, <laughs> I actually picked the dogs in this one. Um, I think they will... Oh, away from home, it's hard too. That, that's another factor. But mm. I think uh, they are going to be one of the teams that, that are going to be pushing for a late charge at the finals. Uh, they were in the grand final last year, we seem to forget. Uh, so they will start pulling some strings together, uh, I think. Um, and they will get this one done. I think it's going to be very, very tough, though, away from home. Uh, and it's a good game for you Saturday night. It is. Sunday afternoon, Gold Coast Suns and the Adelaide Crows, Metricon Stadium, 320. Um, interesting one here, too. Mm. We're just saying, Suns could be on the charge for a finals here. They could. Uh, and Adelaide, look, they're better than last year, but I think they're at the picking here. I think Suns will have a big home win. Mm, yeah, I'm confident for the Suns as well. Really been loving uh, some of the spark that they have in their forward line, and they've just, yeah, they've just been proving a lot of deniers wrong, and thankfully, you know, when, when the team is playing well, it, it takes pressure off uh, head coach Stuart Dew, so it's fantastic, and it's great to see Elijah Hollands in for the Gold Coast Suns. He was pick seven in the 2020 AFL draft and uh, he hasn't played a game yet because of an ACL injury so um, really keen to see him play to be honest with you, a lot of hype around him so uh, again, good luck to him in that game and big Levi Casbold, he's back in as well so expect him to kick a bag Sam Yes of course um, 
And if you haven't heard your team go, Where, where's my team? <laughs> forgetting it's the buy round. So Brisbane, Collingwood, North Melbourne, Hawthorne, Fremantle, and Melbourne uh, will be having a week off this week. Another big game uh, this weekend that I will mm. not forget to mention the Rec Link Community yes. Cup down at Victoria Park on Sunday. Get down. Get uh, down. Bands, uh, music is always fun. We haven't done it for a few years. Uh, the megahertz, of course, uh, for PBS Triple R, uh, take on the Rock Dogs, uh, full of musos and uh, and stuff. So it's always cracking atmosphere. Uh, and it did make me think. Uh, I was trying to think back. I was looking back in the archive, um, uh, just doing some googling. Mm. Sinra involves in in this just five or six years ago, oh. uh, maybe a bit longer. And it did make me think: Can I get a spot? Maybe oh. that's something we can work towards. Oh. Me in the megahertz next year. <laughs> do, do you have to be a good singer in in the team song, or, or do you have to be genuinely <laughs> match fit? Because <laughs> I think I could probably go with the latter. <laughs> uh, well, I think my pub footy experience recent getting back into the game has got me really, really pumped up, and uh, uh, always a big cause for rec links. So get down. That's on great. Sunday, um, uh, yeah, maybe that's something we can really yeah, do towards yeah, next year. Sports desk, why not? Why not? Final words, final things to wrap up this morning. Um, the F one. F1. This is massive, Sam. The Australian Grand Prix has been extended in their contract to 2035, so it will stay at Albert Park until 2035. It's a massive step in the right direction for Formula One Grand Prix. This was one of the best Grand Prix that we have ever seen this year. Um, just the crowds were back, the spectacle was high, the facilities were amazing. If you had a chance to go, you know exactly what I'm talking about. If you don't have an appreciation for it, this is massive for the Victorian government and uh, will bring in a lot of revenue for Victoria. So this is massive. Also, just quickly, uh, England... 2-0 up in the test matches against New Zealand. This was a very high-scoring uh, affair with multiple players getting into the 100 marks with Johnny Bairstow, uh with 136 <laughs> in the second innings with 90, off 92 balls, if you don't mind. England going on to win that by five wickets. They were sensational. Joe Root got is still in great form. Uh, he scored 176 and for New Zealand, uh, the Black Caps, Darren Mitchell scored 90, 190 and uh, 62 as well, so he was fantastic for New Zealand. Okay, and just quickly to the Premier League fixtures were announced for the 2022-23 season. Uh, 5th of August, first game. Uh, Saturday the 6th of August. Uh, it's weird to see Nottingham Forest in there. Of course, they promoted uh, up, so looking forward to that. And I think uh, I'd check too, just to make sure, because... Uh, Grand final, AFL grand final, there's no clash. I think they've actually got a game off, so I think that works out good for us because last time I think um, it, it clashed and because it was a night grand final, of course. Mm. So, yeah, don't want that. But it's good to see that. Uh, and then, of course, the transfers, the summer transfers. Uh, I've already seen Holland going to Man City. Uh, so exciting to see that over the next couple of weeks. But that does us here for this morning. Uh, make sure you check us out on our socials, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Keep up to date. Get um, all the p- pics of me wearing Carlton colours. You won't see it again. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we'll see you then. We'll see you next week. Um, go the Megahertz this Sunday. Go the Megahertz, and we will see you on Monday at 4pm with myself and Jimmy Worth. Thanks for listening today, everyone. Have a lovely weekend.